Support for Veterans Corner on Veterans Corner Radio is made possible by M&M Printing and the Observer News of Ruskin. Hello and welcome to Veterans Corner Radio Podcasts, information for and about veterans. For this podcast, host Bill Hodges talks with Anne-Marie Doherty, Chief Executive Officer of the Bob Woodruff Foundation. On January 29, 2006, while reporting on U.S. and Iraqi security forces for ABC's World News Tonight, Bob Woodruff was seriously injured by a roadside bomb that struck his vehicle near Taji, Iraq. Following his recovery, he and his wife founded the Bob Woodruff Foundation. To date, the foundation has invested over $80 million to find, fund, and shape programs helping veterans, service members, and their families nationwide. Here now is Bill Hodges with Veterans Corner Radio on Veterans Corner Radio Podcasts. Welcome to Veterans Corner, a show dedicated to providing information to all those who have served our country's military and to their families. Now, here is your host, newspaper columnist, management trainer, and Air Force veteran, Bill Hodges. Hi, I am Bill Hodges, and our guest today on Veterans Corner Radio is Anne-Marie Doherty. She's the CEO of Bob Woodruff Foundation. Many of you probably never heard of the Bob Woodruff Foundation, but all of you will have watched on ABC News this very brave gentleman, Bob Woodruff. Anne-Marie, can you give us an overall about your organization? Sure. And hi, Bill. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here today. And hello to all the veterans and caregivers and spouses and military families out there. The Bob Woodruff Foundation was co-founded in 2006, uh, like you said, Bill, by ABC News correspondent Bob Woodruff and his wife, Lee, and their family. And this was after Bob was really seriously wounded by an IED while he was covering the war in Iraq. The vehicle he was in hit a roadside bomb. He was catastrophically wounded. Today, almost 16 years later, the Bob Woodruff Foundation Our job is to dig deep into the challenges that come with the military transition, as I'm sure many of your listeners have gone through, and we identify gaps in existing support. To that end, we've invested over $85 million toward that mission. And our work is, is, yes, yep. Our work is really to reach veterans in communities where they live. So that's all across the country. We do that through our Got Your Six network. And we like to think about our organization having national scale, but a local impact. We have 130 partners representing 3,000 organizations across the country. And we've actually formed the largest non-governmental network of veteran service providers in the country. So we have reached to over 12 million veterans, families, and caregivers, and certainly work alongside the VA in in our work. You know, as I looked back at Bob Woodruff himself, this isn't the first time he put himself in danger. Uh, As I read, I saw that he was actually at Tiananmen Square, and that's really where his broadcast career started. 
You're absolutely right. You know, Bob, I've, I've known him for a long time. And what I can say is he's one of those people. And I think he has this in common with a lot of people who join the military. He's one of those people where he sees action. And instead of going the other way, he wants to get in there. And his role has always been to tell the story and to talk to the people who are on the ground. And that's really how he ended up on the ground in Iraq when he was hurt. And I think that's also one of the reasons why he decided he's so committed and he and his family so committed to supporting the veteran community because he was on the ground. And that and uh, when he was hurt in Iraq, that wasn't the first time he'd embedded with our troops. He made friends and really got to understand the warrior experience. And by going through the military medical healthcare system and really having his life saved by military medics and the military. Asadi was in Bethesda. Yes. From the Naval Hospital. Exactly. And that's kind of unusual for a civilian to recuperate in that hospital. So he had world-class care, best in the world care, but he also, you know, had a little bit of extra care given that he was the anchor of ABC nightly news at the time. And, be, and that inequity, you know, that made the family a little bit uncomfortable. And they said the government provides incredible resources to our troops uh, when they're hurt. But it seems like there's some extra things that we could do for the families who are caring for them or just things that we could do to make them a little bit more comfortable outside of, you know, just straight medical care. And that was really why the foundation came to be. And is he still active in the foundation? He's absolutely still active. And if you ask him, he says the foundation being formed is the one good thing that came out of getting blown up because had that not happened, we wouldn't have this foundation that's helped, you know, hundreds of thousands of people all across the country. He's very active. And I'd say the thing he's best at is helping us tell the stories of veterans and caregivers and active duty military families who are dealing with all different types of things. I mean, last year, and over the past couple of years with the pandemic, he was not afraid to get back out on the road and go visit with military families who were struggling with food insecurity or meet with a veteran who was making you know, that awful decision, how do I pay my rent or put food on the table for my kids? Because people were so you know, dealing with hardship from the pandemic and you know, the economy and all of the things that have been going on. And he's just gotten right out there to meet with people, hear their stories, and then really give a megaphone uh, to a larger audience, which he can uniquely do. TBIs or traumatic brain injuries have been one of the things that are really not only showing up right away, but are showing up over a period of time. And they even took a piece of his scalp out, as I remember, and he's come back from it. And that really is a, that's a wonderful story when we have so many other vets that need somebody to look to and say, hey, if I do what he does, maybe I can get there. But to have the resources that you're putting forth to get there is even more important. Yeah, I think that, you know, we know that traumatic brain injury and post-traumatic stress disorder are the hidden wounds of, you know, our, our nation's longest war from Afghanistan and Iraq. And there are so many people that are suffering. And Bob's story is really one of hope and one of recovery. And if you ask him, he'll say he absolutely didn't do it alone. He had his wife, Lee, 
his four kids who were really a network of support for him. And his family wrote a book called In an Instant. That's In an Instant. It was a number one New York Times bestseller. And what it really tells is the story of from his wife Lee's perspective and then Bob's perspective after he was wounded. And I I know that there are a lot of people who suffer in the veteran community from traumatic brain injury and the lifelong repercussions of that. And then I also know that there are so many spouses and caregivers who are also dealing with that. And I think shining a light on the needs of the caregivers and then the family unit as a whole, how do we keep the families together? How do we make sure everybody's getting the, the care and the resources that they need? That's been a big thing we've wanted to focus on and have focused on at the foundation for the past uh, 15 years. How big is the foundation? So we are a national organization. And like I said, we are we really pride ourselves on having that community footprint. So over 130 uh, partnerships of coalitions of organizations that support veterans all across the country. Now, when you say coalitions, how how do they work with you or how, how do you work with them? Well, um, not to get too technical, but we call it a network of networks. So um, I'm sure you know, and your listeners know that it really depends on where you live, what resources are available to you. Certainly, If you live in a military community outside of a military base, or you have a a big VA footprint in your town, the resources are going to be a little bit different than if you live in a rural community or you live in Alaska where the resources are going to be different. There's less veteran population, um, less of the military culture in the town. So what we've tried to do is go town by town and identify who's that organization that knows everybody and has relationships with all the service providers and maybe has relationships with the church or the YMCA or the Chamber of Commerce. And it looks different in every community. So we've kind of just gone on this journey of discovery to find town by town, who's that organization that represents the resources for the veterans in that town. I've never thought of it that way. That's well, it's, an interesting, interesting concept. Find that influencer. Exactly. And we establish a relationship with them. And then they give us a window into what the needs are in that community. And we're able to provide them with opportunities like funding or scholarships to different conferences or speaking on national panels, things like that. So we give a lot of resources to those communities. And what we're learning from them is that if you network all of those different relationships, you actually begin to really have a big footprint across the country. So that's been one of our approaches. And then the other thing that we're really well known for doing is grant making. So that's you apply on our website for a grant for a specific issue. And we focus in three areas. You know, you you can't help everybody with everything. So we've tried to really have a focus on health and well-being for our veterans. 
strong communities. So that's that community network I described. And then thought leadership, how can we make the veteran community as a whole stronger? How can we make sure veterans are represented in other national issues like COVID relief or housing instability or so large social issues? How do we make sure that veterans are represented at those tables? So that's what we focused on. And in that grant making program, we've invested tens of millions of dollars in different programs. So what you're hearing is that the Bob Woodruff Foundation doesn't write checks to individual veterans and military families. We invest in the organizations that are best at providing an evidence-based care to our veterans. And that looks different community by community. And then as I'm sure you know, the needs have changed over time. So we're trying to keep our ear to the ground in that regard as well. You know, that's interesting because I'm, I kept thinking, how do they funnel money to veterans? Yes. And I'm seeing now that by you having the ability to vet these various organizations coming to you asking for money. And, and believe me, with my show, I have hundreds, literally, of people call me and say, I love be on your show. Uh, we do this or that for veterans. And and if I try to vet them, I find out that a majority of the money is going in somebody's pocket, not going to the vets. So it's nice to know someone like your organization can actually vet these people. You got it. You, you're exactly right. And what I'd offer to you, Bill, is that organizations that come your way, you are welcome to send them on over to the Bob Woodruff Foundation because we want to hear from organizations that we might not, you know, that you're reaching through um, all of the channels that you have because we want, we really do want to help veterans and military families in the communities where they live and work, but we want to do it as efficiently and effectively as we possibly can. You know, we all have limited resources, so it's been very important to us to make decisions. You said vetting like through a really rigorous due diligence process that's objective, that's transparent, and that's strategic. So we're really trying to make sure that whatever we're funding is not something that the VA provides or that there isn't another big national nonprofit that's providing the same resource. We try to fill gaps we try to make sure that the resources we are investing in are evidence-based so that we can provide the highest quality care to our veterans and their families. If someone were interested in donating to the Woodruff Foundation, how would they do that? Well, I love that question, Bill, because obviously we <laughs> need donations. <laughs> we need donations to keep doing what we're doing. We're a public foundation. So what that means is We raise money, and then with the money that we raise, we invest it in the communities the way that I described it. So the more money we raise, the more we invest. It's as simple as that. So we really do appreciate even $10. And if you wanted to make a donation, the easiest way is to go to our website. Um, It's a little bit of a mouthful, so I'll say it slowly twice. All right. Bob Woodruff Foundation. So that's three F's in a row, which always gets people. Bob Woodruff Foundation. And on our website, right up in the top right corner, you'll see a button that says donate. And in that link, you'll see a bunch of different ways. You can mail in a check. You can make a donation on the website. You can, I mean, we're even doing 
crazy new things like you can donate your cryptocurrency. So we're trying to keep up with the times, um, make a stock transfer. But I always like to tell people that ask me about donating, you know, does my don is my donation going to make a difference? And I just, I just want to say that yes, it will. And it's our job to make sure that we steward that money responsibly as best we can to get it to the people who need it. It seems to me that I read where you just got a $15 million donation. We did. And I have to tell you, you don't get calls like that very often. You really, really don't. I think if I got a call like that, I'd say, are you kidding me? Who is this? Or what are you doing to me? Basically, even just remembering it when you said that, it gave, it gives me goosebumps because uh, it actually it brought me to tears. I I got the call and I just tears because I was so grateful and thankful and knew that because of how we operate, it's just like wow, we're going to be able to do more. And probably the thing that you know keeps me up at night is just that we get so many requests. And you have to make hard decisions. You can't fund everyone. Um, And I hate to know that, you know, there are people who are suffering. So getting a call about a big donation is a pretty amazing thing. And that was from uh, Mackenzie Scott, who has been incredibly generous to many different charities. And I was just really happy that she made the decision to support veterans as well. Well, I think what's really important here for many of us looking in is that nobody gives $15 million to an organization that isn't using it wisely. Well, thank you. That's what I hope people take away. And I can say, Bob Woodruff is a journalist, was a journalist, is a journalist. And he has always said, you need to be transparent. You need to have an impact. You need to stretch every dollar as much as you possibly can. And what I think is really interesting about the family, the Woodruff family, when they started the foundation, I don't think they expected to have the longevity and the sustainability that we've had because they thought while the world is watching, while Bob's recovering, while they have, you know, this best-selling book, let's do whatever we can to help as many veterans as we can. What we've been able to do over time is create a sacred bond between our work and the veteran and military community because Bob really lived through those experiences and he's done everything he can to help those who've suffered from the same wounds and, you know, are dealing with traumatic brain injury and in some cases, lifelong impact from their service. For those that might have tuned in late, my guest today is Anne-Marie Doherty, CEO, Bob Woodruff Foundation, and they do a tremendous amount for veterans. And as you can see, if you've been listening, it isn't always obvious that the Woodruff Foundation has a hand in what you're getting as a vet, but they're there and they're in the background. I've got about a minute before my producer yanks the plug on me. Anne-Marie, is there something I haven't asked or something you'd like to say? Well, Bill, i just like to say thank you. Having this platform is a really great opportunity to just connect with veterans that we may not have met along the way yet. What I'd say to those of you who are listening, if there's something that you need, or you know, uh, you have someone in your life, a veteran or military family member or caregiver uh, that's in need of resources. The Bob Woodruff Foundation is a great place to visit. Visit our website, look into the grant making, look into our Got Your Six network, send a note. We do our best to get back to everyone. We want to hear from you and we want you all to know that we've got your six. Anne-Marie Doherty, 
Bob Woodruff Foundation CEO. Thank you for giving some me some of your very valuable time today. Ladies and gentlemen, you're unique, you're special, and you're great. Tell yourself so often because you are, you know. And we'll see you again very soon on Veterans Corner Radio. You've been listening to Veterans Corner with your host, Air Force veteran Bill Hodges. The views expressed on this program are those of Bill and his guests and are opinions based on the best available information. In matters of law or governmental regulation, it will always be best to check with the appropriate agency. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us for the next Veterans Corner. Before we go, here's a quick final thought. Why not take a minute to follow or mark Veterans Corner Radio podcasts as a favorite? It's easy, and you'll be among the first to be notified when new episodes of the podcast are released. And thanks for listening to Veterans Corner Radio Podcasts.